0: Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanokas. The opening running for Formula One's first Emilia-Romagna Grand Prix took place today at Imola, and the results of practice and qualifying are the subjects of our latest bite-sized podcast. Now, as I work on a feature looking ahead to the race based on all the action from today that you can read from later on tonight on Autosport.com Plus, I'm going to hand over to my colleagues, Autosport's technical editor, Jake boxall and Jonathan Noble, F1 editor at motorsport.com, who will guide you through all the big talking points of today's F1 action in Italy. Over to you, Jake and John.
1: And thank you, Alex. And yes, we've got a shorter weekend here for the Emiliano-Romagna Grand Prix at Imola. Just one practice session before qualifying kicked off. All oh, compressed into just two days now i'm joined by motorsport.com f1 editor john noble uh john this is our first proper look uh eiffel grand prix uh apart from that at a single practice session in f1 weekend first impressions do you think it went well and is it something that f1 could theoretically carry forward for for the future
2: uh slightly discombobulated really it's been a bit of a (laughs) a weird weird weekend to try to get to grips with the rhythm and flow because you have had years and years of Thursday is the media day. Then Friday is the practice with the two sessions. Then the press conference in between, and um, you have that flow. And everything's just felt a bit out of kilter, really. So it's hard to hard to grasp what was going on this morning. I think the team teams were also a bit unsure of what their run plan should be because some were doing high fuel runs, some were doing low fuel runs. I think that's why we ended up with a lot of cars tripping over each other and that amazing traffic jam at the end that I think the Mercs are caught bang in the middle of six or seven cars. It was just incredible. It was like we were watching the actual race. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, one of the consequences is there hasn't been many, many updates on the cars this weekend. There's been less time to practice that. But equally, I think that maybe the teams have been, a, are a little bit less sure tonight on tyre strategy. We're a little bit less confident on um, how things are going to pan out tomorrow. So I think I think the only way to truly judge whether this is, a, you know, the right way to go or... You know, do you lose kind of the narrative of a race weekend and that, you know, that nice long build up into qualifying uh, as we see what kind of spectacle we get tomorrow, really?
1: Certainly. And obviously there's sort of like issues with, um, you know, spectators not get, only getting two days to see things instead of three. That's not been so much of a problem this weekend because uh, before the week before the race, uh, the Italian government put an end to any spectators going to the race at Imola, which is uh, a shame. We don't like to see that, but obviously the global situation being being what it is, that can not be helped. Um, but then they had just 90 minutes to, to get a hold of this practice session and do what they needed to do, and then it was straight into qualifying. And just by less than a tenth of a second, Valtteri Bottas took pole from Lewis Hamilton. Now, John Hamilton had the advantage before those second runs, but Bottas really got it done on that final run, didn't he?
2: I think it's a day where people just seem to be getting quicker. Whether it, I don't, you're not really sure if this was the track rubbering in and getting better or drivers just getting more confident. Um, I think the drivers seemed a little less sure footed today. I think that's why we saw a lot of track limits, um, abuse a lot of times deleted. Um, especially up at um, turn nine, top of the hill, they were, you know, a lot of drivers fell victim up there. Um, so I think one of the benefits is the drivers not being so sure this weekend of how far they could push it. And Valtteri talked about having to take big risks on that final lap that he finally nails turns two and turns three um, on that lap and had to push beyond comfortable limits really towards the end on that Q3 run. And Lewis, um, you know, summed up his um, disappointing effort, shall we say, if we we can't (laughs) use his language um, on his, on his lap. So I think, Maybe the drivers weren't as comfortable and we saw, you know, a little bit more of a, a fight than we would normally do when they've had three hours of running on a Friday and an hour of running on Saturday and then, then a qualifying session. So, um, but, you know, little little to choose um, between them. But just what was more of a surprise was the gap between Max Verstappen and the rest, really, because he didn't really seem to be in the, in the hunt today, where he has been in recent races. As you say,
1: it was uh, an uncomfortable weekend for everybody and even more so for for Max Verstappen this time around. Uh, he went out in the middle, well, at the start of Q2 um, and then said that he had lost power, uh, got into the pits and immediately there was a rush around his car in the pit as the uh, Red Bull Mechanics took his engine cover off to try and change a few things. Uh, it was an electronics issue uh, was the first was the first problem. But what they did was they got round up by changing a spark plug. And then at the end of the session, somehow, miraculously, he managed to get out for the end, get himself into Q3 and he's third on the grid. So after that, after that little bit of a rush, John, it's not a bad, uh, not a bad effort from him.
2: No, I mean he's he's been on it all year. Um, you know, and more niggling frustrations. I think he's had engine if I'm correct, his engine problems this year have struck in we're at Monza, we're at Mugello and here. So it must be some, <laughs> must be something in the Italian air, maybe, that's causing an issue. But um yeah, he's up there. And I think we'll we'll see more tomorrow. I mean, although the gap was quite was bigger than expected in qualifying today and you know, he said they lost the rhythm after that. That early failure. Um, I think Lewis is quite mindful of where Max Max is starting out. The long run pace looked quite good this morning, so um, I think the only question is: Are we just are we set for the borathon that Lewis Hamilton predicts? Because he thinks there'll be zero overtaking between the Tamburello chicane and the final corner; that it'll all be done on the, the main straight. So, be intriguing to know the kind of the, the rhythm of the race. Um, but I think if, if overtaking is possible on that that run down into turn one with DRS then um, it could be more spectacular than we've we've seen recently
1: certainly we can never discount the well the very very close proximity of grass and gravel traps as well so that should add a little bit of extra peril for the drivers but alongside Verstappen on the grid is Pierre Gasly who had a fantastic session uh, for the AlphaTauri team now his team obviously had a test at Imola uh, a few months back uh, I don't know if you can read too much into that and say that this is definitively made their weekend, but it, it certainly can't hurt their chances, can it?
2: No, Gasly was asked whether that that run at Imola um, pre pre F one restarting had helped, and he played it down, said so it had no impact. But I'm sure it did, because I think it just enables you to hit the ground hit the ground running. The team will have had data on the the track surface. Um, Lewis mentioned this morning how how different this track surface is to Portugal in terms of getting the tyres working. If you know what the asphalt's going to be like, you know what energy you need, you know how to build the tyres up. Um, it's just one job ticked off that you don't have to do in three practice. So um, I think it's a combination of them being better prepared. It's not, it doesn't make them ultimately any quicker, but just gives them a smaller job list to do today. Hit the ground running, um, car's performing well, and I think Gaz is just you know, hit this purple patch of form where he's just excelling in this environment. All the distractions of the, the Red Bull talk and future has gone away and actually he's probably getting more credit and more accolade and his star status is much higher now than he would be you know if he was at red bull finishing one tenth behind max
1: exactly uh, as you say he has been uh retained by aftari for 2021 that kind of that settles that um it did look sort of I, I don't know never really in doubt i think that was the noises from the camp camp uh coming anyway um and then fifth place we've got Daniel Ricciardo alongside Alexander Albon. Now, Ricciardo had a little bit of a almost quiet session, if you like, but he's the top of that uh, that sort of trio of teams all gunning for third place. So it's advantage Renault, you would say, for
2: this race. Yeah, it looked a bit looked a bit shaky in Q one because they seemed to leave it very very late coming out of the garage. Um, the team claimed it was all part of the normal process, but it looked far too tight for me. Driver supremely confident. Um, because there were dangers only would have taken one car to pull some gravel onto the circuit or a red flag or a yellow flag. And they would have been out because it was quite tight, that, that thing in Q1, but you know, Daniel did it. Um, I think he said his his lap in Q3 was sensational, like really, really lifted them up. And I think on a day when the racing points have been disappointing, um, neither strong nor Perez making it through to Q3, McLaren seemed to be on the back foot. I think again, this update package they've bought, you know, theoretically it, is, does make the car better and it does deliver the step forwards when they get it working. But I think they've not yet got it fully unlocked and fully understanding where it needs to be, especially on different downforce levels and um, different types of tracks. So, um, yeah, it's looking, that fight for third place in the, in the championship, you know, I think it's going to go all the way down to Abu Dhabi if we get to Abu Dhabi.
1: hopefully we do um and then as i said alongside him you had alexander albon who had a number of laps uh today deleted for track limits he looks quite under pressure he managed to pull it out on at the end um and at the end of q2 as well he had to take a set softs to to get through the session but he's looked a little bit shaky around imola Is is that just the pressure kicking in or is it again just this feeling of the the red bull car that he doesn't really like
2: well, I think probably a combination of both those factors. I mean, the, he cannot ignore the pressure on him that he's he is fighting to save his Formula 1 career. Um, Red Bull want to see a step forward. So, you know, even the very, very best F1 drivers, if they faced this weekend, you know, it could be make or break for your career. You can't isolate that pressure from you. We heard on the radio this morning, he wasn't so comfortable with the rear of the car. The balance wasn't quite there. And he's, he is a driver who likes pushing things to the very, very limit. He is a driver who likes stroll, abuses track limits perhaps more than other people just because, you know, his style or pushes hard or, you know, likes trying to eke out every single advantage. So he did fall foul of it today, but he came through, you know, not too bad a qualifying effort. I don't think you could say that, you know, today it's all over now for Albon he hasn't done good enough. I think today will be okay. And I think if he, if he does a good job tomorrow and can move forward, and shadow max because tomorrow could become a big strategy battle if if red bull don't give mercedes the the clear option of pitting and dropping into traffic if they know they're going to get trapped behind alban then that changes the whole complexity of the race so i think it's a big big day for alex alban tomorrow certainly
1: and we talk about that sort of like three tenths delta from behind Verstappen. and he was only about four tenths off so that's probably within the sort of bounds that Red Bull perhaps expects. The only problem is that that drops him into the midfield. Um, and then row four, Leclerc, uh, another impressive qualifying session from him, getting everything out of that Ferrari alongside Daniel Kvyat, who caps off a, a very good day for the AlphaTauri team. But John, we spoke about McLaren um, struggling a little bit. And then ninth and 10th, which is solid enough. But tomorrow is going to be one of strategy, isn't it? It's going to be... It's gonna be very, very difficult to pass as we expect. So if you're gonna try and make the gains, you've got to try and, you know, make that up in the pits and get the trap position, really.
2: Yeah, I think it's gonna be we've we've come to an old school track and I think it's gonna be a proper old school Grand Prix of um perhaps not much overtaking and it will be all about that undercut and a, a strategic bid for the win tomorrow. But I think what makes it more intriguing, um, is the teams haven't got the the full data set of how long these tyres are gonna last. Um, there's some questions about graining on the softer compounds um, if they go through that, that could cause trouble um, and what you don't want to do is you don't want don't to pit for the undercut overtake the car ahead of you and then run out of tyres five laps from home and drop down the order so there's going to be some fine fine balancing act tomorrow, especially if there isn't much pace difference um, between the cars at the front, so while it may be processional uh, and people say oh, they can be boring, we must remember that you know when that year when Fernando Alonso beat Michael Schumacher here that race was brought alive by the fact that Schumacher couldn't get past that <laughs> overtaking was so difficult. So overtaking is not the, not the, you know, be all and end all of a good Formula One race. Um, it's much more complex as to, you know, what makes an exciting finish to a Grand Prix. So if things are close tomorrow, you know, there could be some good strategy battles. Um, there could be some desperation from cars behind to get past slower cars ahead. So I think there's enough to keep us, keep us entertained.
1: Certainly will be. It's certainly a very, very old school track. A lot of the drivers were speaking uh, very highly of it. Lewis Hamilton said it's a beautiful track to go to. John, you've been to Imola in the past. What is it like from your perspective when you get there?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it is proper, proper old school. I mean, it, and it's as you know, beautiful and wonderful as Mugello is, and as Monza is. Um, you know, nice part of the country. Um, I know things are very different now with kind of lockdowns in Italy has got a kind of I think a six pm curfew for restaurants being shut. So um you know part of the attraction of that race was going to little villages and finding wonderful Italian restaurants and um just that vibe around Imola um was there. And I think it was quite quite telling today that seeing the cars going round without spectators in the grandstand was quite sad because this, this is an old school place. And while we've got used to races not having fans, I think the, the contrast today that this was until three three days ago was gonna have spectators and suddenly they're not there. I think that's kind of just added a bit of element of um uh not sure sadness is the right word, but just just seems a bit more contrasting with what we remembered Imola to be this place with, you know, mad, passionate tifosi who would be cheering to the rafters for for Ferrari and Michael.
1: Certainly. And just finally, John, um the race tomorrow, what who's your prediction for the win? Is it gonna be uh, Valtteri is it going to be Lewis or is it going
2: to be someone else making a mad charge through the field? Uh, I think you've got to look to the, look to that top three. I don't think don't think the winner is going to going to come out of anyone outside that will be more um, predictable. I think the uncertainty over tires probably shifts it a little bit away from Valtteri. We know, that I mean, Lewis is just he's not only nailed the speed of this car, but he's, he seems to have mastered the the art of. Um, managing these tyres and understanding when to pace it, when to push uh, and those amazing radio messages where he tells Bono that his tyres are finished and that, that's, that then seems to trigger a massive charge and 30 laps later the tyres are fine and he's leading by 20 seconds so um, I expect him to be up there I think the, the key one to look for is what Max can do from third place and if Albon can get himself into a position to become Max's rear gunner because that will then give red bull much more strategic strategic options uh and could force mercedes to do something that compromises one of their drivers so the, i think the key tomorrow is you know alex alban can help max verstappen win this race certainly
1: uh thank you very much john for joining me um and now it's back to alex and luke over at imola
0: Well, thanks to John and JBL for their thoughts, and thanks to everybody listening. Just before we go, we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport magazine came out on Thursday and is available on the supermarket shelves and in newsagents, as well as on the doormats of subscribers. There'll be a new issue of the magazine for you to pick up every Thursday, packed full of news, analysis, and the usual stunning photography. And of course, if you want unlimited access to Autosport from the comfort of your home, visit autosport.com slash plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Autosport podcast.